Hey, Jerry, morning. Morning. How are you going? Emmy, Emmy, it's good to see you. Emmy, I have a couple of things to bring to the table today. First, I feel that I must set the scene. Clinical psychologist is surrounded by books, manuals, self-care treaties, Oh, yes. She feels overwhelmed and somewhat useless, but then she holds to a truism by which she has organized her life. Good, Jerry. (laughs) That ownership is knowledge. So just by ordering books from Depository or Ah, Amazon or Booktopia, because I like to mix it up, you know. Yeah, yeah, don't don't be be boring. Multinationals, (laughs) which are probably all the same. (laughs) So. Yes. I, I I have I have that issue to talk about or I right. actually have the books to talk about because oh, well. don't die of shock here, but I've read some of I mean obviously not as many as I order, but yes. <laughs> some right. no. And of course and, and, and ownership is knowledge, so some of them have kind of just gone through the covers into my head. <laughs> well, yes. you know, so you've bought the book. Let me just do a recap. So you've thought, okay. right, trouble, trouble. You're um, perhaps a little stunned by that. You have, you have not heard theory before. No, no. I, I am familiar with the, the purchasing of skincare products and books as an antidote to an emotion. I am totally familiar with that. I, I know I'm close to the edge when I'm at the pharmacy going, do I need another wrinkle treatment cream? Probably, but is it going to work? Probably not. So I know I'm in trouble. But anyway, back to righto. So what, what have you been buying? Yes. Well, I well. continually buy self-care books so that I, I can be sceptical <laughs> about them um, okay. and, and annoyed about them. Uh, I buy memoirs because I feel that a memoir where anyone has had perhaps, or I don't know what my criteria is, five minutes of low mood, then the memoir becomes tax deductible for me uh, because that's psychology, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's performing your duties and your profession base. So tax deduction immediately. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. You're the Uh, the thinking person. So so what what I've got today is uh, Emotional Female by Yumiko Kadota. That is the searing portrait of a woman (laughs) in medicine battling sexism, overwork and burnout. Now you're getting Uh, warm. It's also a revenge story of whoever Excellent. did the rosters of her hospital. Uh, it's actually really good. Oh, that's, um, that does sound good. I, mm, yeah, I'm already already mm. feeling the stirrings of life in the loins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that where you feel stirrings of life oh, when you have be hungry? Life? It's unclear, but... <laughs> Righto. Yeah. Okay. That's yes. A, that's yes. Always could be you just need a snack. I just need a uh, snack. Yeah. All right. Now, I have also read also a Japanese name, which is intriguing. Oh, yes. I have read uh, Burnout Solve Your Stress Cycle oh, by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. 
Now, ah, yes. one of the reasons why I did read, I, I think I read like 90% of this. I only skipped okay. one chapter. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, full disclosure. Uh, right they'll, they'll never yeah. know. Yeah. And well, what was particularly great about this book is the fact that I am just not desensitizing to this joke about the authors. Emily ah, yes. Nagoski is the author of Come As You Are, the surprising Ooh, new science surprising. that will transform your sex oh. life. Oh, so, God. Okay. It's so like, it, definitely- it, absolutely, absolutely everyone got that Nirvana song in their head right now. I know I have. And yeah, so I like to think about that joke. And this book is yeah. the only book on burnout that I have ever read oh. that really clearly fingers the patriarchy. Oh, rude. oh says, great. Let's Look, get... it is yeah. worse for women. Uh, okay, let's have So yeah. I really admire that about. Can we just have that title that again, Jerry? I didn't manage to write uh, that down. But... Okay, it, burnout, solve yeah. your stress cycle. Solve your Emily stress cycle. And Amelia Nagoski. They are sisters. Emily and, oh, yes. good. Yes. Right. Well, because stress, mm, you know, is mm. such an aphrodisiac. It just really helps the old sex life when you're strung out on stress. It's the last thing you can think of at all is getting busy. <laughs> another theory, another theory yeah. that I. I haven't heard before, but, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, okay. <laughs> Why? Oh, dear, I hope we're not having a tech day. Why do you always want to talk about sex and nudity? Do, <laughs> yes, do it I? could be a tech day. <laughs> oh, well, we'll just struggle on. <laughs> just struggle on. I don't know what we're going to do. Okay, but wait. Okay. Wait, yeah. there's more in me. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm ready. Here I'm, yeah. by Brooke yeah. Malari, yeah. we have care. The radical art of taking time. Radical art of taking time. Okay. uh, Just take a deep breath here. Yes. Uh, Brooke is not a psychologist, but Brooke has written uh, a beautiful book. I have not read this. I've read maybe five percent, but Brooke, I'm 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 here to I'm here to read it more closely. It does mm. look sensible and it does look practical and right. there's beautiful graphic design. Oh, lovely. Uh, I've also listened to Brooke's podcast and oh, yeah? she's very she's very about her own uh, therapeutic journey, oh, her nice. own depression okay. and her own need to see a psychologist. So, oh, yeah. Um, I, I love that. I, I guess she's brought her whole person to this book. At least oh, that's the her. sense I'm getting. That's nice. Books uh, are like people. So, We're like little people. Yeah. You meet, meet them as a person, sort of like a low-rent friendship maybe. Not a, not a lot of investment wow. on your part. <laughs> well, well, because friendships <laughs> can be demanding. Righto. We kind of get a sense of, well, it depends on the friendship, I suppose. Righto. Yes. So you're... <clears throat> Are you feeling in need of a bit of self-care, Jerry, or is it just what what is driving the book purchasing? I it's been with me for maybe 30 years. So I see. I don't I don't really think thing. this is a new it's phenomenon. A new thing. Right on. Um I is it yeah. the need to purchase books or I love right a book. now? 
Yeah. yeah, right now on the surface, it appears to be a need to make fun of authors who are more successful. Oh, right. Oh, so it's Edson and I jelly, am. So, jelly. You know, that's. Oh, God. In fact, I've never written a book, so I can therefore make fun of all authors because all authors are more successful yes, because they've, they've actually written something. a book. Yeah, right. Yeah, they yeah. got it done. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> ouch. Um, not that, so, that, that, do we have some trouble starting and finishing things Jerry is procrastination an issue for you I hey, suspect perhaps, it perhaps might be because, productivity is, is but I know that there's oh, books okay. for that there are books for that you can read about how to deal with well I've discovered that per- perfectionism and procrastination are very good friends <laughs> they always they, go together they are um, very good friends. Of, yeah, they yeah. got to put them in different corners. You got to anyway, right? Yeah, I have at least okay. two excellent books on perfectionism. Um, do so, you got right? And do they, right? Okay, yes, oh, perfectionism like, is a trans diagnostic process in lots of yep, mental they, health oh, issues. Oh, look at that! So that's a massive um, word. I also have a third. I also oh, have a third okay. good book right on right. perfectionism, which is yes. about perfectionism in children. Um, oh yeah! Wow, um, wow. I, I'd love to hear how clinical psych feels about perfectionism because, in a way, it's sort of like looking in the mirror. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> ah. but, uh, yeah, perhaps it is, and perhaps it brings uh, it brings out the issue of uh, mixed feelings. Yeah, because yeah. if I let if I let my perfectionism go, will I achieve yeah. things? And it yeah, brings right. out it, uh, it. It brings out the schema, the the old oh, yes, the old adage uh, that psychologists have two main schemas. They have the schema oh, yeah. of unrelenting standards and uh, the schema yeah. of self sacrifice. Oh, great story! Let's hear about that. I was going to ask you to talk about schema therapy because I was like, great, we've got to get a sense of this language. <laughs> I use, I use so, yeah okay so uh, what is a schema i don't know um oh. no i do know i do know you're just putting me on the spot a schema is a way of viewing well, the world a way yes. of operating a pattern yes. good uh, it was forged usually in childhood perhaps in mm. adolescence or mm-hmm. even later and it was forged because some of your key needs oh, get yeah. Didn't mm. get met. And so operating in a certain way, viewing things in a certain way actually mm-hmm. helped you at the time. And I think that that's okay. really important. Yeah. But at Brilliant. the time, mm. uh, it helped, but now it's not helping so much. This no. oh, is no. perhaps causing a person harm or difficulty. Uh, so we've got to review it. it. Yeah. Um, okay. Mm. Got it. And that, that's your traditional uh, Jeffrey Young schema therapy, but the newer approaches quite intricate. the modes, the modes oh, to right. deal with the Mode. schema. And oh, okay, that's interesting. Good bit of language there. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I once sat yeah. in a schema therapy lecture run by a recently graduated clinical psych who lost us all with his intricate branching descriptions of how schemas work. And it was a bit like watching a telephone network be drawn on the, on the, on the whiteboard. <laughs> and yes. 
it yeah. can I think it, it I think it that the way you described it, it sounds usable <laughs> but the way it was introduced to me did not sound easily usable unless you could think at that level that's okay yeah. we live and learn no I get now what you've described makes it a lot of sense I could and, probably even maybe use it. and so where I might see yep. schema in the therapy room or in the office yeah uh, is where there is a huge emotional reaction to a stimuli and on the surface this reaction does not make sense. Wow. Uh, So that it tends to be the activation of a schema. Um, Hmm. This is put in colloquial terms, but a schema will fight for life. It will fight back. Yeah, right. Uh, it, it because your skin yeah, because is it was your way of viewing the world. Yeah. Uh, okay. And it was generate. Yeah. It was built in a life and death moment for you as a kid, or in your developmental journey. It was a really significant emotional moment. That makes sense. Oh, it, or a repeated pattern where your needs didn't get met. Didn't get met. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So the All other right. the other focused schema of uh, let's take a simple one. Like I don't understand all of them super well. In fact, okay. it's probably better if you come and see me and you've only got certain Yeah, you, we do it. We do it. <laughs> right, yeah, because, I can't yeah. do that schema. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's a, out of my the name. I can't play that tune. <laughs> right. Um, but approval yeah. seeking because oh, you yeah. can see approval seeking in a quite a concrete way out there in the world so people who want everyone to like them people who really struggle hard at um standard achievement that kind of Mm. that kind of action and that really that really uh well it's it's exhausting um the person doesn't have a strong Oh dear! Sense of their own identity. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm not sure where I was going with that. Whereas approval seeking is easy to see. Yeah, and you can easily, I guess, surmise. Because I think by the time you've been practicing for, I've wondered about this across all health professions. Anyway, I think the first five years out, you're still testing your skills. You're still doing what you basically learned how Mm. some kind of follow your process. Mm. But somewhere between five years and 15 years, you start to generate your own style and your own way of grappling with concepts like schemas, which I think is like the second derivative of maybe the School of Object Relations, I think. So I, I kind of, I'm a bit of a first principles sort of person anyway, and I would kind of tackle that arena using object relations instead, which just also includes the role of the other looking at you. Mm. And and I anyway, I don't know where we're going with this at the moment, but I feel like we've got to anchor what we're talking about. It might it might come up in the future. Yeah, I just object relate. It's it's like a derivative of object relations theory, I think. Schemas, isn't it? Cognitive. I, I, can, I can let you know my favourite schema oh, yeah. therapy books. Yeah, go. Some All of right, which I've go. read. Oh, great. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, good. So, I mean. I, I think, although it is huge, Jeffrey Young's book on schema therapy is highly readable is and it? easily okay. digestible. 
Um, it's it's a big favourite of mine. It's almost like this is just going to sound insane. It's almost like a recreational read, right? It's, wow, it's that, that is my, that's quite an achievement for something as dry as cognitive therapy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, there is a self-help version oh, of, okay. yeah, you of sell that, it. which is yeah. called Reinventing Your Life. And that's also really good. Right. Uh, then yep. there is the Breaking Your Patterns of Negative Thinking by Arnold Arnst. And it's not about breaking your patterns of negative theory. It's about schema mode work and in, in a self-help environment. There's also a manual, which I can see it from where I'm sitting. If I read it, no. It's just mm. sitting there reminding me of my own inadequacies. Uh, it is called oh. Schema Therapy from the Inside Out, and it's not the fault of the book that it hasn't been read. Uh <laughs> Anyway, okay. So I, I won't. ownership is it's not the fault of the authors either. So well, I, um, righto. Okay. So wait, what? What are we? I wonder if I should tell you about the dream I had last. I had a dream about you last night, which is uh, not unusual. Well, because I noticed a while ago. I don't know exactly when. It must have been shortly after I started working for myself. There's this weird synchronicity that happens between some of my dreams and the person I might see that day, or. But the thing is, when I dreamed about you, Jerry, you didn't look at all like you. You looked like a young, gorgeous thing who was 30 years old, swanning about in St Kilda. And we had an appointment at the bar, at what used to be the bathhouse. It's now a public, public pool. It's lovely. It's heated salt water. It's awesome. Not that, anyway, not that anyone knows where St Kilda is. Um, anyway, we were going shopping. We were going shopping and you were, you were very glamorous in my dream. You had long hair. You did, you know, you look. You were swan. You everything. You know, you look slim, all gorgeous, like you top. Was had, um, they still me? No. Well, see, this is a confusing part. You were. You didn't look like you. I don't know what this means. I've got to work it out. And then we're talking about self care this morning and perfectionism, sort of. Although we're not naming it, sort of talking about it. So I'm not clear what the damn dream means yet. And I woke up. I was like, how am I going to work this in? So. I just find sharing dreams in therapy not, is a good thing to do because it doesn't seem to have a direct helpful like point, but it does do something. So I'm not sure. It was yeah. something like you were saying that you didn't want to do something anymore, something that was bothering you. Like you're like, I can't do it anymore. I want to do something else. I'm like, okay. I'm like, God. And I, the, my, the feeling I had was, oh, here we go again. I have no idea that this is probably not it may be the you in me who doesn't even look like you. I don't know. We'll work it out. But you were wearing very glamorous and I thought I was talking to you. Really weird, isn't it? Well, sorry about me. We'll work that out in a minute. Right wow. So I don't know what it's wow. about, but there's a clue in there about something. There's a wow. bit of a clue. So the essence I'm picking up emotionally <laughs> is that you were impatient with me. Am I? Gosh, gee, that will, if I am, I have to work on that because that's not ideal, is it? Yeah, I might be. That's a very good point. How could I be impatient with you, though? What, I have no, no idea, possibly. <laughs> my, yeah, you my were like, head. I didn't want to do something. And you were like, I've had enough. But it was more like, it was like something going on in, in your life, even though you didn't look like you, that you were just, you're just done with it. 
you're just done with something. Mate, uh. Jerry, I'm talking about this like it's you. It's really the you in me. And maybe there's a bit of overlap there. Maybe there isn't. Who knows? Maybe there's a little bit of me in everyone. Well, there's probably some truth to that. But anyway, whatever the case. (laughs) The person who who has too many snacks and buys too many books. So, okay, let's go back to the book thing maybe because I feel like we've got a bit more to say about that. Right. So do you find purchasing a book is enough, Jerry? Does it, is it enough of a, is it enough? Well, I, I, it's obviously not enough. It's not it enough. It seems no. to be repeated every <laughs> Repeated. Okay. Righto. <laughs> um, and where the rubber hits the road, you can tell why this is on my mind, is because right. tax time. Of course, oh, I go and see yeah. uh, my beautiful agent. accountant. Maybe I should not reveal her real name or maybe oh, I should her. because she is wonderful. Oh, gosh. Um, you're a wonderful. Yes. This is me for having my little receipts all in line and I get to feel sort get of competent out. and organised, which never oh. happens. <laughs> oh, yes. So. That is a lovely feeling. It's so brief and fleeting, but it's a nice, nice feeling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so you go right. to the accountant yes, and you get all your little receipts yes. in line and yep. then give it and to her feel- and she can feed back to you oh yeah how much you have spent on books okay and and it, what is the revealing amount generally indicating for you in your life jerry so yeah you're really pinning me down here, i know right? I, we're just having a focusing moment we're just focusing on it gently we can come away if it's not well, not the right moment it's it's very outcome focused you know it's not a problem <laughs> i can stop anytime i want just trying to speak your language i want us to be connected and feel some empathy because i'm just trying to speak the language i'm showing you i'm not really in the club but i understand the need for evidence-based outcome focused work you know, i'm trying well, to make you feel yes. comfortable Yes. Okay. Okay. You're exactly right. It is. It, yes. And sometimes I'm, it I'm, is about outcomes. I'm sometimes it is feelings. about the behavior. Um, so, yeah, anyway. well, it's a lot of time. Yeah. It's about those things. So yeah. the last, okay. So the last few years, yeah. the last few years, it's been a thousand dollars. Oh, that's and, not too bad. Is it? Uh, is, that ter- is that terrible? Is it? Uh, well, 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 it's, I guess, it's, a, well, it's a lot of books. And it's a lot of books. Actually, that the, is a lot of books. So yeah. the years before that, it was, you know, much less. It was about $900. No, it oh, was not yes, significantly less. That, less. Was, that was so much less. <laughs> so it's stable. <laughs> it's stable <laughs> over yeah. the years. Wow. What do you do with all uh, your – I'm running out of bookshelves. From, I'm going to get more – yeah, well, where, where, yeah. where do they go, the books? Oh, uh, so that, but yes, from this, there is a storage problem. So a lot of uh, them kind of lie around just so I can yes. get the knowledge via osmosis. Yeah, I try that and too. And yeah. a lot of them are in bookcases. Oh, yes. And some of them are at work. And oh. Some of them are at my other work. Oh. And some of them are kind of, you know, how like you might have skincare or makeup on high rotation. Some of them are on high rotation. So they might uh, be carried around with me in a little trolley. Uh, so, do you Jerry, want to know the trolley's name? Yeah, all right, sometimes, yes, yes. 
Sometimes the trolley is called Clara when I'm feeling sophisticated and European. And sometimes Ah. the trolley is called Denise. I don't, I love uh, both I, those names. They're really gorgeous names, Clara and Denise. Different characters, I feel. One's maybe a bit yeah, more sturdy. I, Not sure which one. The um, <laughs> trolley appears to have varying personalities. Right. <laughs> so, Jerry, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question so that we remain friends. So, do, do you, what do we think about? <laughs> Heavy. <laughs> so, I'm just thinking. There's sort of a doing element to the book reading. The book is giving ideas, I'm assuming, but there's a sort of translation into action part. So how does that go? Yeah, quiet, very quiet. <laughs> so what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I, I don't know how to answer that question. Okay. I could say maybe, maybe books are part of my self-care. Maybe books are maybe part they are. of my learning. Um, maybe everybody's yeah. got something, right? Maybe yeah. when I when I was younger, I owned oh, yes. forty seven lipsticks. Uh, Did you? So perhaps you my diagnosis is <laughs> uh, Well, okay. <laughs> I'm so really sensing some judgment here. No, no, no judgment. More, more, <laughs> more. Just sort of unintentional bafflement. I'm just, it's not, it's not so much judgment. It's just like a, a cognitive processing issue. It's like, because I'm thinking 47 lipsticks. Mind's blown. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure that out. I wouldn't know what to do with them all. I'd forget all the colours to start with. There's really, do you know why, especially with lipsticks, it's like your favourite. You get, it's like underwear. You've got a favourite, come on, and a bra. Everyone's got a favourite bra. And that bra gets worn and all the others don't because there's issues around you know, digging. Yes. Or as, as I was saying like, about, know. yeah, Clara and Denise and books. Yeah, who's a, I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say a favourite, but I would say a high rotation as the uh, makeup YouTubers like to say. <laughs> high What's rotation? in my makeup bag? Oh, you watch a bit of YouTube yes, makeup. God, that's yeah. so funny. I, I have done that in the past. I'm not doing it currently. Not, well, not you saying need to do it, it so that I can yeah, look glamorous you. in your dreams. That's no. well, you de- well, you did look glamorous actually. As it ha- so, there we go. There's a little clue there. We're talking about makeup. So, just with you going back to your trolley, <laughs> do you, is it like sort of a, a, a security blanket thing, Jerry? You want to take your trolley around with you I, with I all your it, books, or <laughs> I, I, I think it possibly could be. I think. Okay. That do, you, do you take your trolley uh, to work? Do you take your trolley with all your favourite books yes, to work? I, you do. Uh, not every oh. day and not every workplace, but so uh, the trolley goes, yeah, yes, more with often you. than not. It just comes with yes. you. I, lo- I love the, the trolley. I think it's nice. I feel like you like the, having the trolley there. I feel like what go? I what do. Books? Yes. What do you, do you, is it like your porter library? It's like what? Yes, of what? it's like yeah, my okay. porter mm. library. I've um, got it. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Gee, oh, man. If you, uh, that's one of the advantages of not having to lug all your crap to a practice location and work from home. Mm. Yeah, man, that's annoying. Mm. So do you do, you do mm. a lot of referring to books in, yeah, in the work? You do a lot of, like, do you have to pull out manuals all the time, do you? 
Yeah. Uh, I sometimes and also sometimes uh, there might be a therapeutic moment where I need to like whisk something off a shelf. Do you? Um, you I do. I enjoy that. At, you do oh, a bit of whisking. Isn't that a? Yeah. Isn't that satisfying? Yeah, I, um, sorry, yeah, of course, yeah, everyone yeah. and Emmy, that it is only <laughs> satisfying if it is useful for the client. But sometimes it really is. And because I uh, buy so many books, I think there's some really interesting questions here just on the books. I know this is at a deeper level, but which are the ones which are in high rotation, which are the ones that are most useful? Uh, Oh, I shall reveal that very soon. Yes, Uh, please reveal that. And the question is, is what have my repeat purchases been? So what have the purchases been that I've bought this book more than once, either because I've given it to people or either because I've just needed more than one copy. Gosh, you're funny. Okay, I'm getting a sense of what this book thing's about for you. I'm getting a sense of what it is. See, yeah. Jerry, do you I, want to hear the repeat yeah, purchases? Okay, yeah, let's, let's have the repeat purchases first of all. Yep, let's go with uh, that. The uh, repeat purchases are Carolyn Webster Stratton, Professor of Psychology at University of Washington, oh. and her book is lovely. It is What's it about? The Incredible Years. It oh. is about parenting of children up to the age of eight. Um, so it's a very warm-hearted book, but it has, you know, really, really great practical. It's written for the public. It's not a therapist book, but it's still very beautiful and of great use. And I recommend that to everyone. That's a beautiful, what a beautiful thing to write about. That's a lovely, lovely subject to write about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and she and she and she does it really well. Uh, mm. So that's that's high rotation repeat purchase. Um, Going to have to purchase it again because I do need to recommend it to people because I think that highly of it. But I do need to have it for myself too. Yeah. Uh, so that's one. The mm. other repeat purchase has been. Um, how to quit brooding. Uh, it's about right. rumination. It's about oh, yeah. intrusive oh, yeah. thinking. And it's I, I should get the exact title because it's a tricky book to look up on Amazon. And mm. it's actually uh, translated out of Swedish, I think. It's oh. Ole Hallström. And it's a, it's a rumination OCD book. And it's fantastic. Hmm. So that is my repeat purchases. And then on the next level down, we've got the high rotation books. Oh, yes. We have Ruminative Thinking for Depression by Edward Watkins. Again, a really, a really, uh, it, it, it is both professionally useful but can be mm-hmm. an interesting recreational read. And I once went to a conference and mm-hmm. met a super attractive Belgian man who said Ooh, that's he read good. this book in one weekend. 
That's right. Already really? thought you were attractive. And now you read as well. You catnip, Jerry. Catnip. <laughs> yeah, I is yeah, favorite of mine. Um, and then I thought to myself, if I were 30 years younger, yeah. Which I'd you were in my dreams. For you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, that could be a thing, though. That's a thing for some of us. Being a cougar, that's not terrible. Right. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were having a serious conversation. You know, we are. We are having a serious conversation. I, I'm just trying to tap into what you're So well, this happened in group last night. Sometimes group fluffs mm. around, right? Um, not that we're fluffing around, but when, when, but then we, we got stuck into it and we had people talking about falling into quicksand and, the nothing from the never-ending story and um, clowns, which was terrifying for half the group. And I was, and when this happens in group, it's like there's something in the background that we're, is making us a bit nervous. So we're just hanging on to stuff we know. So we're really, we're, we feel like we're safe. And I think part of what is going on is like what do books do? They translate things into words, into signifiers, into the logos. Mm. They make mm. things clear. So I feel like there's a mm. bit of a clue there maybe. Anyway, mm. carry on. Just a brief moment of noticing the, the and I'm also trying to figure out what's going on between us today. And I I feel like I feel like there's a bit of, I don't know, uh, sort of st- apprehension or something. I don't know. Um, but, but Is you're there? Not, um you're not totally without books. Oh no, um, I love a book. Or, I love books. Or, or dedication to books. Yeah, I feel there's an accuser in the room now. Yeah, but that's no, okay. No, I'm, I'm not accusing. I'm just <laughs> no, I I'm love wondering. I mean, what, what are I your book purchasing well, habits, functional oh, or otherwise? Oh, that's a really good question. See, Jerry, I don't know if this is true of all counselling psychologists, but it's you. I think there's an idea of using yourself as the vehicle for transformation in the, in the in the therapeutic work. So books inform that, I suppose you might say, but you have to sort of absorb the knowledge into and integrate it into mm. your, your growing self or growing understanding. So I suppose I used, did used to read an awful lot before I was about 35, but then something happened there. It could have been my eyesight. It might have been a level of coherence that could, sort of uh, settled in my, my being. And I was able to mm. use myself without without needing books to build me. And but it might just be a style of working. I don't know. Like I know some people are way more cognitive in their approach. They want systems. They want diagnostic diagnostic tools. They want structure. They're, they're structure heavy in the work. Whereas I'm way more fluid in the style that I use. So I kind of I, I started to read like in disciplines like I'm, I'm a herbalist as well so I would have read a truckload of books mm. on herbal medicine and um, but then after a while it sort of the knowledge seems to settle into a congruent system approach schema perhaps even like something congruent mm. settles and that yearning and that drive for knowledge turned into more of an explanation, exploration, personal exploration of the dream time, I would say, or the, the collective unconscious, whatever you want to call that. Because there's, in the my understanding of the dream time, is, I, that you can use many words for this, the collective unconscious, the morphogenetic field, it's like a field of information or knowledge. And I think books can represent things that are di- that digestible versions of that. But experiential living or just experience can inform that as well. Like just sitting out in nature, like tapping into a tree, 
dreaming with the mm. tree. That'll that'll give you some information, which is it's like a little conversation you're having. Like I've got a lemon tree out the front, right? We Maya lemons, if anyone is the best lemon tree. Everyone in our my neighborhood's got a lemon tree, has a lemon tree. So we had to have one when we moved in. And I so we went up the nursery, got the got the lemon tree, put the lemon tree in the garden, and nothing happened for good seven years right the tree was nervous i sensed the tree was like oh you know not sure what to do with i'm a lemon tree but i'm not doing lemons so anyway i started talking to the tree and encouraging the tree <laughs> saying you every time mm-hmm. i plant a tree i go you can do it we're gonna have lemons this year Woo! <laughs> it's easy to to grow lemons what a fun idea and what was happening is our local possum kept eating the flowers anyway coincidentally the possum moved on to the next life thank, and and <laughs> promptly died at the foot Possum step. went to possum yeah. heaven. Well, uh, we got possums around the <laughs> Lots place. Lots of easily and, accessible yeah. garbage bins. <laughs> yes, well, we had to exit. Possum was called Basil after Basil Faulty, which is a whole other thing because he used to eat everything and was quite loud and noisy. Anyway, so possum was rehoused. Possum came back, died at the front doorstep, and the next next six months, our lemon tree started producing lemons. So I'm not sure if it was, what exactly was the causal variable there, but it could have been me talking to the tree. There could have been a weird synchronicity between all of the events that went on. Anyway, now we've got lemons. And the tree looks different because it's covered in lemons, which are really good. <laughs> anyway, so when you when you so weird things like that show up in, in my work. So like I often get a sense of somebody before they come like whatever their the emotional impact or whatever they're present to, like whatever turmoil's going on, I, I sort of feel it like it's mine in my life until I've met the client and then, you know, we start working and it is the weirdest experience when you get really deeply into what goes on between you and a client or you and the person you're working with. It's like it's a very interesting dynamic book. I really think people are like books. You know, they walk in. And they try. We start on page one, and but the, it's like a never-ending story potentially. Mm. And I love that. I just dig that a lot. Mm. Anyway, so I, I tell you, I do. Um, I've got books, but not uh, kind of moved on from. I'm on my own. Um, what's the word? I'm in. I'm in a landscape in psychology. I think at this point that's. But right on the edge of what people are able to articulate, I would say at the moment, where I am trying to learn. I'm talking to plants and they do things. It's really weird. <laughs> mm. and it's just I'm a weird process. For... <laughs> oh, Sorry. everything, man. Yes. Just, you want to stick lemons <laughs> on everything. <laughs> um, well, my lemons have this, they're sort of somewhere between <laughs> an orange and a lemon. They've got really soft skins and they're just the most gorgeous. Day. If you had a my lemon, you'd be, you would not look back, Jerry. You'd be like, we're going to get the tree. We're going to nurture the tree. We're going to put it in the garden. And they just come. Wow. They come. I know, so just go out there and get a lemon for dinner or whatever. It's great. And the pot, because so, so, they've got um, past the pots, possums eating the flowers. Anyway important what are we talking about wow this is i'm i'm thinking of i don't know what we're talking about but what we're thinking about is a slice of lemon in a gin and tonic oh you uh, see see and relaxation what? again with yeah you know i was i was looking at um a few podcasts run by psychologists which i am te- you know it's tempting to sort of diss isn't it but anyway somebody has advertised their podcast with a side of gin 
So I think there is this thing with psychologists that like alcohol, it's a it's an easy way to to chill, to have, relax, isn't it? Mm, mm. So this issue of like how do you balance the work with because the work is so demanding, Jerry. It's just mm. off the charts demanding. Off mm. the charts. Mm. I um it is off the charts. I don't have a problem with alcohol, but I'm no. absolutely fascinated by memoirs of people who do or did. Oh, yes. um, may I recommend just off the top of my head? <laughs> Um, alcohol, a love story. Uh, uh, what else? Oh, Marion Keys has got a good one about that. It, sorry, obviously, I'm talking about fiction there, not memoir. Yeah, that's all right. Well, it's, well, it's drawn on, uh, on experience. So, yes, yes, a, a, a source of fascination. Well, does this, okay, so self care, I mean, psychologists professional the professional body is always banging on about self-care right like it's the thing yeah, you gotta try and do yeah. and, and it's okay to be skeptical about that because yeah. is it just a tool of capitalism to try and get us to buy scented candles <laughs> um no offense to scented candles no, they're actually. awesome vanilla like will it. make you hungry <laughs> mm. vanilla vanilla candles they smell gorgeous but they will make you hungry um, and then there's snacking, isn't it? That's the other way to do self-care is snacking. Yeah. Look, I, I reckon the only the only way I reckon you get longevity out of working as a psychologist is is you have to the work has to become meaningful to you personally. So, um, like for example, do you get runs of clients? Like I get every now and then I get a patch of the same thing, exactly the same story, or same mm. particular emotional mm. dilemma or and usually when that happens there's something going on inside me that I'm not paying attention to I'm not or I'm not I need to do a bit of work on like I can't think of a good example but mm. when you've when no, you resolve you know does do you have that happen like do you get like a run of clients it definitely that, happens and I don't know about my mind why? but I know my okay. back really likes it my back <laughs> likes it because the, yeah. Less books can be on high rotation. <laughs> Less books. Oh, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think of a good example of this. Um, I don't think it, nothing's jumping into my mind. Oh, okay. oh, I've got one. Here's this is a big Australian story. <laughs> oh, probably the world. Okay, so how do we digest this quickly? All right, so you know the dynamic. You know, we were talking to a couple of episodes ago or in sessions ago um about bullying culture in australia and i'm sure mm. um, yeah, i think everybody who's ever been human understands what it means to be bullied mm. but i've noticed in australia i think the bullying thing can descend into the object relations that that have comprised the person's mind i know you want to use language of schema therapy but i don't know how to do that as adeptly as you would so i'm, I'm going to go back to object relations so so Inside their inner world, they've got an abuser, a bully, and the one that gets bullied. And mm. these are probably kind of very big schemas, but you could also call them roles. Um, and what I've noticed is if you take the role of the one being bullied, that role usually is associated with vulnerability on some level. So if you if you speak from a place of vulnerability, 
it immediately activates, in a, I've noticed a lot in the counselling room, but also I think in our culture, it activates the bully. And it's just like this habit, pattern, game, transaction, you know, relational way of doing things. And if the person who's being the bully is not able to be self-reflective, it just it turns into a potentially violent episode. So being vulnerable is that, or speaking from a place of vulnerability will trigger this role unless you've integrated the bully. So I guess that pattern shows up a lot, has shown up a lot, and it was showing up a lot until I worked that out. <laughs> so I was like, I've got, I've got to integrate that bully. I've got to find the bully in me and make for, you know, try and get a sense of um, don't reject them. Does that mean anything to you, Jerry? Let's have a bit of water. <laughs> what does that mean to you? Yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going further with that. I'm thinking, mm. do I let myself be bullied by my books? Um, yeah. Okay, yes, let's that's a right, let's start there. Good one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well let's let yeah. Do you do you, does do your books tell you off in a way? Like do they get the finger yeah. out? Oh, yeah, right. my books are, are constantly telling me off. What do they say, Jerry? They're you're saying, not doing enough self care. No, they're saying yeah. um, you're not. You're <laughs> the books are actually very quiet. So I will. Yeah, yeah. No, we, <laughs> we're playing a little game. We're, we're speaking. <laughs> we're speaking yeah. symbolically here. The yes, books say yes. you don't know enough. You need to right. read me. Okay, interesting. Um and um. You are not working hard enough if you don't read me. Okay, so that bloody critic sits in those pages, doesn't he? We it call does the, a little. There's, yeah, there's, both, yeah. there's both the critical parent and the support. We um, call the critic Frank in group. That's what he's not Frank, the critic. When he shows up, we've got to make put him in a seat. He's called Frank. Um, that would be difficult if anyone yeah. called Frank actually That's did join the group. We, we don't. We don't have anyone called Frank. If we had someone called Frank, we'd have to call them Frank Two because we have two persons in group with the same name. So one of them. No, it sounds terrible. They agreed on it, right? It was self-determined before everyone freaks out. Um, yeah, we've got Frank One and Frank Two. I suppose Frank One's a critic. So, but the critic and the bully are very close, you, you know. They can be very, very close. Abusers mm. and inner critics mm. can be really close, Jerry. What do we think? Oh, it's a bit edgy or something happened mm. there. Maybe it was just for mm. me. <laughs> um, and I'm still trying to work out what that dream. Well, in my dream, you, who was age 30, very glamorous, and to be fair, looked more like an actress probably I've seen, but anyway, very beautiful. Was it had enough of doing something? You were like, I'm not doing that anymore in my dream. And I'm wondering what that might be. And whether it's even meaningful. I'm assuming there's something in it. If nothing else, it's a talking point. <laughs> Is it, there, do it, you- it doesn't sound um like us to be in that secret suburb and going no. to the swimming pool. <laughs> like, not that I don't like like swimming you, pools, but that no. secret suburb is well known for its cake shops. Um, oh, would we be there? Oh, weird thing, I would be there. <laughs> and all except it's probably got gluten in it, so I'm probably not allowed. But yeah, I don't. Well, it was. Um, 
it was it had a bit of a Queensland vibe about it, maybe because it's near the beach, right? So, and then you were summer clothes you were wearing, very glamorous, but you just were had enough of something. Do you is there a feeling? Can you do you feel that inside you, Jerry? Somewhere I've had enough of something. I've just I'm I'm done with something. Is there a feeling of that or just no? Mm. Just say no if there isn't a feeling of that. Is there any? No, just there having, is that feeling. Yeah, like I've just had enough of something. But what is the something, I'm wondering? You know? Oh, oh. I, I do have some ideas, but we okay. need to save that for another oh. time. All right. Well, Even just, you uh, asking yeah. me that. Yep. Uh, has been helpful because yeah. it's not the books. I haven't. No, I haven't had enough. Um, I'm okay. not ready to stop. And okay. maybe, maybe I never will be. That doesn't uh, seem like maybe a terrible I will thing. Always have a lot of books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I'm essentially talking about something that's enjoyable. Oh, my God. I, books are like friends. They're very hard to get rid of. I have a story <coughs> about a sociopath who came for treatment. <laughs> oh, God, this happens every now uh, No, maybe I'm exaggerating. They could have just been an extreme narcissist. But there was something violent about them. Anyway, <coughs> they came into my consulting room, which also happens to be at my home because it's easier. Anyway, I have a variety of books on the shelf, and some of them are from my youth. And they're not so academic, not so highbrow. Anyway, this student, well, it was sort of a student. It was maybe going to be my student. No, it didn't happen that way. Anyway, he came in and started perusing my bookshelf in manner of wolf, assessing the weak, vulnerable <laughs> members of the herd. And he started picking, picking at all my books. And I said, well, I explained some of them are from when I was younger, but you know, just like more more young person titles. But I can't let go of them because they're like friends. I've tried to just you you think about them. Oh, I need to get my friend back, put him on the shelf. Anyway, trying to put. He goes, he was really trying to put my books down, see if he could get wiggle in and put you know get a reaction. And he said, "Don't feel bad about your books." And I said, "I don't." Would you like to sit down? And that, that was, yeah, he, so you know how so narcissists, I think it's that sociopathic edge that their main modus operandi connecting to you is to try and put you down. To neg, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, negging, yeah, that's what it was like, yeah. And somebody else called it negging. Yeah. yeah. And it's what's um, going on is it's, it's almost like a biblical battle, you know, like it's a very strange phenomenon where they're sussing you out, they're sensing more than your mind, more than your body. They're sensing, I don't know what you'd call it, your spirit, something more than, than your biology. Mm. And you can feel this person is getting ready to attack you. So, yes, books protect from that, I suppose, mm. or mine did that day. Even mm. the ones from my youth. <laughs> yes, yes. The pop psychology How books. intriguing. Yeah, um, I know. Yes, and why would anyone feel bad about the books on their shelves? No, because I've got some great titles. Like I've got the Fairy Oracle, Wisdom of Fairy Tales. 
how to see fairies, all these sorts of things are really interesting to me. So I was looking at those kind of books and going, I just quickly glanced yes. over my left shoulder. And what else we got? Running women who run with wolves. That's been read a few it's times. It's a classic. Yes. Yeah, I that's have pretty not good. In fact, I have not in fact read it. Um, yep. I do have a place to end, and okay, yes, fittingly, it. it is with a book recommendation. Okay. Um, uh, there is not many books that talk about institutionalised bullying in Australia. Yeah. That's uh, but there is one. There is a new title. Yeah. And it hit our society with a searing freshness. It is See What You Made Me Do by Jess. If I can oh, remember yeah. Jess's last name, this would be Hill. Even more powerful. Jess Hill. Her name's Jess Hill. Jess Hill, yes. I've got a story about yes. her too. Oh, I've, I've read maybe 85% of that book and I thought it was top notch. Yeah. Yeah, it is about good. domestic violence, but yeah. it is, she's she's getting there. Uh, sorry, who are we Who are we to criticise Jess? Jess is probably I'll already. I'll criticise her. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I ran a forum a couple, like in 2020 on women and violence and her book had just come out and the week before we ran the forum, Heather, uh, Hannah, Hannah, Back, Hannah Clark, Hannah Baxter, do you remember what happened in Queensland? Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, definitely, yes. So this happened the week before the forum, which is not related to Jess Hill at all, but I did approach her a, a number of different ways to ask her to cut if she would be able to speak at the forum and and like you might say oh you know she she's too important too too journalistic whatever to based in sydney um but she was actually quite strange like i can't i can't explain more than that she was very strange which was totally incongruent with the subject she was writing about so i don't know what to make of that she was attending similar events in um other places but she just was uh, it was just very I can't tell you what happened it was very strange I did I did end up speaking with her but she was very very maybe odd. she was self-protective hey um yeah as- it's, it's, the co- cognitive dissonance sits in and it's hard to sort of not succumb to it but I don't know there was something contradictory about her that didn't quite make sense given the subject and she's just, there's a doco she's just Yes. Been part of on SBS at the moment, which I haven't watched. But, yeah, look, the subject she's writing about is really, really important. But I just found it strange how she didn't respond. Um, it, it just was odd. It, I can't I can't understand it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like you, I mean, you would have, I would, what, I would have expected some kind of um, protocol even to say, like, no or whatever. But she, it was just very odd. She was... I'll, I'll tell. I'll, we've got to go for now, but anyway, it's hard yes. to clarify. Yeah, that. I mean, my hypothesis is that as people, oh man, text, text, text. So, oh dear. Oh well, we, we have lots to think about, and I, as always, have lots to read. So I yeah. scurry <laughs> off and do that. Not to worry. Okay, well, I'll see you okay. later, Jerry. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thank you.